New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community, proudly supported by Umbrella Connect. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 521 and back for 2021. Boom. Hey, good, first, to, good to have you here, Nate. First guest for 2021? Yes, you are. Perfect. Indeed, indeed. Man, it's, I haven't been here for ages. Everything's so different. Like, well, it's good good to have you in the podcast New Zealand studio, Nate. Um, maybe a little me. introduction for those who uh, are familiar with where you fit into this big, wide world of tech in oh, New Zealand. Man, lots of, probably the biggest geek credential I suppose I've got is I'm Nate on Twitter, just N-A-T-E, which I've had for a very long time. Um, so that's normally the first thing that people notice about um, when I'm talking or presenting. Um, so my daytime job, I own a company called 3Bit. So we're a software house that I think we're in our 16th or 17th year. So we do bespoke uh, software for all sorts of things. And MSPs such as yourself um, and an MSP being a, a managed service provider, which is just a fancy term for a, an IT company that looks after your day-to-day IT stuff. So we do a lot of stuff in that space. And I do a bit of work on GeekSound as a moderator and all sorts of tech stuff in a – yeah – well, I suppose it's been around for a while. It's been How great. The last been, episode I was on this. I know it's been ages since we had a chance to I'm catch sure it's up. Started with so. like a two or a three. It's been it's been um, it's been very nice to catch up today. I've uh, had the the privilege of getting you know quite a bit of time with you. So um, yeah, very nice to hang out today. We've talked about all sorts of things, <laughs> but it is a now, lot of topics. It is now time to sort of drill in and focus on the. Um, I was going to say tech news of the week, but we're sort of we're, we're covering a, a slightly bigger window than the than the last week. Really, the. Um, yeah, the last few weeks really we're we're looking at from sort of yeah late late twenty twenty. Uh, I've I've been away in the in the sun up in uh, up in the far north. We got up as far as Cape Brianga, nice. uh, bit of time um, around. Uh, uh, Paihia, Russell, those sort of areas, which was uh, everyone knows nice. what you drive as well. A dark car. <laughs> A very nice car. Um, so testing out the Tesla technology, of course, as always on on the road. And actually, on on that point, it was interesting. the The Airbnb we chose didn't have um, didn't officially have Wi Fi, um, okay. and there was basically the the property we were on was next to the owner's property, and they did have some Wi Fi, which I wasn't aware of when, when we booked. It was like, oh, this would be nice away from Wi Fi, and I did try to connect to their Wi Fi, and it wasn't working. And I thought. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to offer them any advice as to you know how to fix that and so on if they if they don't ask. And uh, and we left it at that. Although um, yeah, with a with a ten year old, I found there was a little bit of a demand for some some content to watch. So I had pre downloaded some you know bits and pieces onto uh, devices. But uh, as it, as it happened. Um, it became quite an attractive option to go and sit in the Tesla with the air conditioning on, and uh, and watch a bit of uh, Disney Plus. Can you do the Tesla support? Can you download? Because so, like you know, with Netflix on your mobile phone, you can go into offline mode. So if you're on the bus or anything, and you want to save your data or on the train, you can do that. Does, do the Teslas have that ability that you can save stuff locally, or does it? No, it's got to be streamed. Yeah, it has to be streamed. Okay. So hence and why you need the Wi-Fi when you're staying somewhere, because otherwise it's just it's not going to work. Well, and interestingly, like the Tesla has a built-in um, yeah, 4G LTE connection, mm-hmm. and depending on your vehicle, whether you whether you're paying a fee or whether you're just lucky and you manage to get it for free. 
um, which based on you know when when um, we bought the Tesla and so on, we basically have un- unlimited. So we can actually sit there and, and stream stuff, and it's actually an Australian uh, SIM card. So oh, cool. you get access to the Australian catalogue of Netflix, nice. which sometimes gives you some content before or different to New Zealand. Um, and Elon Musk had in, had done a tweet, which seems to be this is kind of the you know the the big announcements from Tesla are, are usually either events or tweets from um, Elon. Although you got to be a little bit cautious around the timing. And uh, he did a tweet, maybe it was even as far back as a year ago, saying that uh, Disney Plus was going to be supported hmm. on the Tesla. Um, the app's still not there, but there's a little workaround you can do to get full screen uh, Disney Plus. That's pretty cool. And um, it, it worked flawlessly. So um, uh, my son now is all up to date in uh, in Star Wars and uh, Mand- Mandalorian. So, uh, but I suppose to be clear, with you watching that content, you can't, as I understand, you can't play that content while the car's moving. It's you're sitting there stationary. Or can that, you, that is true. That is true. For now, for, for now, for now. Like one it's, day. It's such one a bad day. idea. Yeah. So you, you haven't got Netflix going while you're screaming down the road. It's it's just no. Although that, as happens sort of every year around Christmas with uh, with Tesla, there's you know, usually a bit of an update, and the latest update delivered some some new games and one of them I guess if you've got a really uh, really bored uh, passenger they can actually fire up a solitaire game and you can run <laughs> you can awesome. run that game while driving so you can because your screen actually is your dash as well yeah. so that's actually quite important but they've made some other changes so you can see um, on the, the the side that has your car and sort of key information speedometer etc um, they've moved in there if the rest of the screen's obscured they've moved in the um, navigation things mm. so you know turn left turn right etc uh, and so that means there can be room for navigation info you know, key info as well as being able to play a game at the same time. Pretty cool. So there you go. Um, anyway, so enough on uh, Tesla. Tesla fanboy. I thought, uh, <laughs> and and I know you will at some stage be a be a Tesla owner, Nate. I'm such a big fan, but unfortunately, I'm having to be an adult, and my wife and I are trying to buy a house, so uh, it's on the back burner for now. But yeah, eventually we'll join your club. But living in Auckland, it's quite a challenge. So anyway, that's true. Uh, but I wanted to delve into some of the New Zealand news. So the, the bunch of things that have that have been going on that are you know, very much specific to New Zealand, and this being the New Zealand Tech Podcast, I guess it's one of the reasons we exist is to delve into those things. Now I hope there's a bit of time that we'll do, we'll, we'll be able to talk about some of the more international news, which of course is, is of a lot of relevance to New Zealand as well. Uh, but first up was uh, Sky having named um, Vocus as their service partner for Sky Broadband and there have been a few other things going on on that front as well in that there are now um, I understand you know trialists jumping on board with Sky Broadband they're being offered it for free for six months uh, it's not not something I've heard from from them about to to try out but there obviously are a bunch of uh, of people that are trying out their uh, their broadband service and um, Vocus who are uh, one of our um, show partners. In fact, I should, before we go too much further, I should say thank you to our awesome um, NZ Tech Podcast partners, Sumo Logic, Vodafone, Spark, Focus, HP, Gorilla Technology, and Umbrella Connect. So thank you to all of those brands that keep us uh, going. Uh, but yeah, they've um, they've picked Focus to... Um, 
to start with. So it will just be really interesting to see how how this whole thing develops. And there seem to be a number of uh, wholesale internet providers that are quite you know geared up to be able to uh, you know to serve these these I guess you'd say the the newer internet service providers who. Inter- being an internet provider is not the number one, you know, their number one purpose. Mm. Uh, and you and I were talking uh, earlier about uh, Trust Power, and you know that they've done, you know, exactly that. They've added that string to their bow as an internet service provider, and they've actually done very, very well at it uh, in terms of simplifying people's bill. Hey, one bill which covers your uh, your power and your internet, and do they do gas as well? Um, I, I think I yeah. Know there's Plus that free appliance, you know, you, they, and, they offer yeah, to, and to look after those things yeah. and you get a, a, a free, free fridge. Free TV or a free fridge what or whatever. Yeah. Um, of course, that is actually built in, into the pricing. Um, and, and, and actually, interesting, I, I did a, a tweet, uh, was it 30, 31st of uh, December at uh, one of our uh, properties, we have an internet connection with uh, Vodafone and that dropped out and I'm thinking ah this is it's probably going to be a little bit of time before they can sort, that, sort that, that out break, right break through, yeah. um, from the time I'd finished on the phone call to getting a call from a chorus engineer and they'd already told me look public holiday etc you know it, it, no one's around no, no, no guarantees yeah. um, it was about two hours and so oh. sort of a call around you know lunchtime on um, um, the 31st and yeah, it was all fixed. It was all fixed up, but there was some some fault with the actual. Um, I think the the fibre endpoint maybe that connected to the uh, uh, the ONT, which is where that you know finishes up. The fibre gets to, and uh, yeah, but they came and and uh, chorus were out and fixed it. And but the bit that sort of shocked me that I'm quite not quite used to with a telco was the um, the help desk person at the end of the call said, oh. It looks like you might be on a plan that actually we can beat. We can give you a better price than the plan you're on right now. Hmm. And the so they said, would you, you know, would you like me to get someone to give you a call about that separately? I said, oh, sure. Um, and it was quite a significant sort of saving that they they offered. Um, it was tied in with a committing to a term of either one year or two year. Um, I took the two year option, and it was I was actually yeah pretty um, blown away with the with the price point for an unlimited. It's not a top um, fiber connection. It was a hundred slash twenty, but it was well below sixty dollars a month yeah. um, for an uncapped connection, which I thought was. Uh, was pretty good. So um, that's yeah. really good of them because I, I, I know there was a, a post on Geekzone maybe um, a month ago where a, a, a person and I can't remember the company or the utility. I think it was internet, but they were or it was a mobile plane and they were complaining about a Spark or a Vodafone or a Two Degrees, and they were like, I, you know, I've been on this plan for so long, and then I've just looked at the website and realised that I could be in essence paying half. You know, why don't and, it, and it really it, it's that whole consumer thing. You need to. I know with our business, what we do is, is probably once every six months or every year, I'll go through as many of our utility bills and then just see what else is on the market. And I, I know with Vodafone, who we've been with since we've we've had our company, um, they're constantly bringing out changes and, and things that are coming up. So there's um, things you can swap onto and, and bring over and, and package together where you can start to you know save. And you might think, oh, it's only uh, not much money per month. But once you 
add that up over a fair amount of time and then you get that kickback of you know, signing in for two years. But if you're thinking realistically, you're probably not going to swap internet providers at, at the other place for two years, are you? So if you're happy to take a bit of a bunt and go, cool, well, let's keep this relationship going for two years, there are some, some savings to be made. And with someone like Sky jumping in and, and offering Sky Broadband, that's just another player. So then everyone else is having to sharpen their pencils by throwing in you know, the free Netflix accounts. Or I'm, I'm assuming what Sky's going to do is go, if you've got Sky Broadband, we will give you Sky Sport, movies, all that other stuff. And it's all a nice package deal for X a month. And so when they're talking to someone who's looking at all these bills going, I need to save money because you know with COVID, hours have been reduced, all that sort of stuff. Let's... Yeah, that sounds like a great deal. And so it's, I, I fully agree that's that value-add stuff. It's not just what are we sending down the pipe as broadband, what's the other stuff we can complement. And Sky's in a unique position because, you know, for years and years they've had that monopoly around live sport. There's not really, if we think about it, there's not really any other providers that provide sport. And other than SparkSport. Other than SparkSport. So they've got, they've got, different, they've got, they've got different, yeah, different, different products. Mm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that, that space has changed. And it's interesting that the reason that, that uh, the vo- original Vodafone acquisition of Sky was shut down, well, one of, one of the reasons mm. was having a you know, big internet service provider together um, you know, with that content provider that, that Sky was. And... You know, I think that you know this was you know part of my understanding. I, I was actually a little bit surprised with um, you know the way the Commerce Commission came out and and, uh, and, and blocked that or the who is it that blocks blocks no, those. Um, and uh, anyway, so yeah, but now now we're in a position where you know uh, Vodafone have you know have moved on considerably. Uh, you know, Spark themselves uh, you know have have. Uh, you know, gone through varying iterations on the content front, but are, are certainly uh, still there on the, the sport front. Uh, you know, even even though they've uh, uh, they've they've got rid of their um, you know streaming TV programs and, and Lightbox, and that's now been merged with uh, with with Neon. Um, that Sky have you know taken that over. Um, but yeah, here we are in a world where uh, where, where Sky are now becoming a, a broadband uh, provider. So it's going to be interesting to see how that sort of plays out and what they're able to. Do without getting into into trouble, right? You know, if they if they uh, maybe were to create offers that were you know too um, extreme and you know really really I, I guess force people's hands to you basically if you're if you're with Sky that you have to have your broadband with them that maybe could get them into a, into a spot of bother, but uh, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, now, another um, local story is um, Mighty Ape, which I've always thought of Mighty Ape as kind of a, a, a mini version of the Amazon uh, marketplace mm. here in New Zealand, or certainly in you know in, re- in recent years, because they've they've you know they've grown grown to be this uh, online retailer that can ship out product really quickly. You know, it's, it's one of the few places you can order product and it's of a of a really broad range, mm. and you can get it delivered same day. Mm. You know, their courier arrangement was such, and I, you don't hear too much about couriers doing this type of delivery. 
Um, but this is one of their options is have it delivered after you get home in the evening. I think they've got a delivery yes. window like between pay, 6 and 8 p.m. Yeah. or something, something like that for uh, uh, for that same you know same day delivery. You order it, I'm not, not sure the exact times, but you, know, you order it during the day and uh, and they get it to you during uh, during the evening, which is, is pretty cool, um, as well as the overnight options and, and so on. So, um, yeah, they've been around uh, Mighty Ape, I think, you know, started out in uh, 1995, so they've been around for a long time, long time. Um, as uh, Game Zone, and uh, been known as, as Mighty Ape uh, since uh, 2008. Um, so, yeah, really interesting. Uh, what are the What are they saying? Um, um, 690,000 uh, unique customers, 161 staff, um, but they've been absorbed uh, by Kogan in uh, Australia, which is is interesting because Kogan's just been in the media here, in the mainstream media here in New Zealand. In fact, the article I read didn't even mention Kogan, but it was all about Dick Smith. And of course, Kogan bought the Dick Smith brand, which was the, you know, the or one of the most well-known, um, you know, retailers that sold tech stuff. And of course, you know, Dick Smith's background was an electronics store, and then they moved into all the other. Uh, I think know, when Kogan bought technology, them, though, they didn't things. buy. Because all the physical stores ended up closing down and, and went away, I think Kogan bought the brand and the online presence. Pretty, yeah, pretty just much. The, it was the stuff it was they, just, they could yeah. operate remotely from um, from Oz. Yeah, and I think what the, what they did was they built a replica of their Kogan, which is K O G A N, uh, their Kogan website, but with the, you know, a new paint job on it, which yep. said Dick Smith. And really, a, a sort of a, a sister brand. Um, what I haven't seen too much detail on yet is exactly what um, things will look like in terms of uh, Mighty Ape and uh, and Kogan in terms of their their brand. Uh, you know, those brands longer longer term. So, I, I guess we'll see how that plays out. Uh, you know, both of them have been involved in uh, in, in TVs. Uh, and doing their own sort of branded uh, TVs, and I mean, Kogan themselves have a you know really broad, broad range of, of products. But uh, in the media in recent days, it's been around people. How many people have been making complaints about Dick Smith and poor customer service scenarios where somebody's ordered a product, they haven't been given the product, and a year later haven't been, haven't received the product or a refund? Hmm. Uh, I think was the most extreme case that that I saw. I think one of the ones I read was the guy didn't actually saw Dick Smith, knew it as a you know a really well trusted and well established New Zealand brand, had no idea around the, the sale that happened all those years ago, and ordered something and didn't realise it was he was going to have to wait for it to come across Australia. And, and since we've in the COVID restrictions, you know, you just don't have that ease movement of freight. And so he didn't realise it was going to take so long to get here. And then his bugbear was like, well, if I'd known that it was coming from Australia, I probably would have gone to a different retailer. Um, I hope that they keep Mighty Ape as a separate entity. I've only ever had great interactions with Mighty Ape. 
from a user experience point of view, if you if you go to their site, their, their site's absolutely beautiful. The products are, are well. Uh, the photography's great. The layout's great. The, the even the the checkout process when you go through it is just so nice and streamlined. Um, I've only got positive things to say about them. I, my birthday is in September, and I wanted to upgrade to the new Sony XM4s, which is the new the new um, wireless headphones. Put an order in, pre-ordered it, and I, I remember the date was about the end of September. My birthday is around that time, so I thought, great, this is my early birthday present. Happy birthday to me! And it actually turned up on like the fifth, and they sent an email like, hey, your headphones are on their way. And I think I had them the next day. And, and from a customer expectation, when I'm expecting it to get, it's a, they're perfect storm because if I'm expecting to get them here and I get them super early like I think you're the best thing in the in the whole world yeah. they were a little bit expensive but I expected to pay that because they were pre-release but the whole process and it comes beautifully packaged with all the Mighty Ape stuff over it so I hope that there's more of a Mighty Ape influence on Kogan than there is a Kogan influence on Mighty Ape because I think they've, they just do so much stuff so well yeah it'll be interesting to see how it plays out Kogan paid 128 million for them uh, which for Kogan right now you know, if it had been a year ago mm-hmm. that would have been you know a pretty large sum of um, money for Kogan but uh, during COVID as as has happened with Amazon and and other uh, others in the e-commerce space their you know their share price has has really skyrocketed so you know the value of the Kogan uh, the Kogan business has last time I looked I think it was up five or or, or six uh, times so yeah just having a look here um, their current uh, market cap is a business is they're worth they're worth two billion uh, if, if we look at their market cap so that's um, yeah it's, it's not quite um, you know 20, 20 um, you know times what 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 they paid for mighty eight but you know reasonable size but if we're taking it back uh, you know, twelve months. Where I'm looking, looking at their, their share price now around uh, you know nineteen dollars. Um, yeah, you know, a year ago, you know, three dollars something. Um, so that would have been almost, you know, maybe you know half to a third of the entire value of uh, of Kogan. So you know, very unlikely that a deal like that would have uh, would have happened. And uh, you know, no no doubt this uh, this window of time has has probably uh, also been in uh, in Mighty Apes favour. So yeah, I mean, there's always two sides to these things when a, a New Zealand company. Because you know, I'm really keen for us to, to I'm really keen to see New Zealand companies companies succeeding in these spaces where the big global players like Amazon uh, exist and so that there there is some competition so we don't just end up throwing all of our money to the Americans or the Australians or the Chinese uh, you know great if we can actually have those those local entities the, the the I guess the other player that's in that um, space would be the market, which is owned by the warehouse, and they've been really you know pushing hard to sort of leverage the brands that they've got in terms of uh, the warehouse and Noel Leeming and you know offering some you know reasonably uh, you know good discounts on on top of you know Boxing Day discounts and other things to try and uh, move people into this on online uh, ordering with them. It's an exp- it's an expensive game to be in because if you're wanting to offer that. Quick shipping, where you know you're talking about it, same day shipping. You're going to have to have a warehouse here, and if you want any sort of um, credibility in the market, you're going to have to have a huge range. So a huge range means a big warehouse, and and just all the associated costs around that. And you know you can't get that same day drop ship 
um, ability, dropshipping meaning that you get it straight from the manufacturer and go straight to the um, the customer without it passing through your your warehousing. So you you just can't get that out of Australia because even though we're so close, it's just it, it's just impossible. It's just the distance. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that they keep it here. I'm hoping they keep everything as it is. I think it is a it is a well established key brand. They do so much stuff really, really well. So hopefully, as a mighty app customer, we don't actually notice anything. It just you know, it's business as usual. And it just keeps ticking over. Profit's still heading offshore though, right? Yes, so, one. so yeah, I'm I'm still keen to see see things. So it, it will be. Uh, you know, I think uh, uh, something that's being you know really talked about within the warehouse group, and you know how they they make sure they really um, and you know they've been working pretty hard uh, with the market to you know to establish this online online marketplace, and it's pretty interesting to have a look at all the brands that they've uh, they've they've tapped into already, and you know really it is something of a race is how quickly can they get themselves established because mm. you you take too long and. Um, you know that that window of opportunity is is gone. So uh, yeah, it is fascinating, and they are using the the base of retailers that they've they've already got. So you can go online, order something, in many cases with a free pickup option, mm. and they'll just send you to one of their local retailers that they they push the product to. And it might not be the retailer. You might buy something that say. Um, be a Noel Leeming. You don't necessarily pick that up from a, a Noel Leeming store. Um, I've certainly seen a, you know an instance of that anyway, where an order is placed with with one retailer, um, and they'll let you pick it up from another retailer. They'll just uh, they'll ship it there. So you know they're making they're making use of the um, the brick and mortar assets that they you know they already have. I think that that pickup things actually. I, I, the reason that comes to mind with Noel Leeming is because I've just used it. Because you know, often if you go into Noel Leeming and you're looking for a particular product or whatever, and they don't have stock, or they're like, "No, we don't have it here at Queen Street, but we have it at Albany, or we've got it over Met." Like, and there's a big drive. The the actual click and collect thing works really well because you you can browse through the website, pick the thing you want. They send you an email when it's ready, and it's free. So if you want to save the ten or fifteen dollars, whatever the, the shipping is, and you wonder and show them a barcode, they scan it, they give it to you, and you walk out. Like it is, it, it doesn't seem like it's much, but it's actually a really really good process because you're guaranteed to exact, get exactly what you want in the color you want and whatever add-ons and whatever else you you want to get. And it's a very quick process. You just wonder and grab it and you and you're done. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's good. So let's uh, let's hope, yeah, that we get that sort of stuff right anyway with mm. with a few more uh, New Zealand firms, and you know it does look like the marketplace are are well well positioned, and you know it just depends how how they balance really. You know, it's it's that it's that balance, isn't it, in terms of buying and growing their market share? How you know, at, how do you get that right? Because if you know, of course, they can spend a lot of money on on that, yet impact their current profits. Hmm. Um, you know, by doing free delivery and discounts and all that, those sort of things that you know we've we've seen a level of. Um, or they can say, well, we want to make full profit at the same time, yeah. and it's when when you when you do that, and they're expecting maybe to make the same margins that they you know they did in, in years gone by then you know they will cede more market share to you know to the other the other players who um, you know are, are really just interested in in getting as much volume and taking as much market share away from them as possible uh, now also a couple more New Zealand things I wanted to uh, delve, delve into uh, the COVID tracer app of course we've got the Bluetooth um, exposure notifications capability that's that's gone live here in in New Zealand we've talked about that in the past um, but I guess it's, it's fair to say I'm 
I'm a little bit concerned about this new uh, strain of COVID that's in the UK and looking at the graphs where things were just absolutely through the roof in the UK in terms of uh, COVID infections, uh, US seems to be in a similar sort of um, you know, basis, and it seems that this this new uh, strain of COVID is much more what's the word virulent than uh, than what we've seen before. So it spreads much more easily, and it's already been uh, you know found at the border here in New Zealand. We've see had COVID get through the border in the past, so. There seems to be a really genuine, you know, possibility that it could happen again. Now they're, they're putting in place, uh, you know, government's putting in place some mechanisms to reduce that extra testing at the border, uh, and and even uh, pre-testing before people uh, travel, which is absolutely awesome. But it does seem as though we've all sort of dropped off in terms of our use of uh, all is probably a bit extreme, but. It seems as though a lot less people are using the COVID tracer app probably than than what was the case, um, you know, a few months ago when we when we had that sort of second outbreak that happened um, in in Auckland, for instance. And I think you know that stage we seemed to peak in terms of our COVID um, uh, NZ COVID tracer app use. What, what's you, what's your thinking? Is there you know should we be worried about those health risks or you know are you lean in the direction that actually our privacy is more important and we should stay away from using these apps. Where, where, do, you, where do you Well, like? I think from the privacy one, the, the, the most amazing thing I think about the app is the fact back in early December, the Ministry of Health actually released the source code. So as a software developer, I can actually go through because you know, they, they, they say, oh, look, this, it's, not, it's, it's not sending it to a cloud, it's not doing this, it's not doing that. So you in essence have to take their word, but by releasing the source code, you can actually go through, if you've got the expertise and go through and go, okay, cool, what they were saying is exactly what works on paper. And, and the fact that they've done that, I think, is an amazing thing and it uses a whole lot of um, Amazon back-end services without getting too nerdy about all that stuff, which I, it's a really cool thing. The, the exposure, uh, you are seeing that we are becoming complacent. I think because we've had the two lockdowns, we all have just got into this, like, cruising thing where we're like, it's not here. You know, the, the um, isolation hotels are doing their job and, and people are getting tested and then hopefully with the two-week period, you know, they're keeping isolated. Because the thing is that the disease spreads person to person. So if, you've, if you have actually tracked, so let's say if you've got it, and I know that we've been together within that period and I isolate. In essence, you stop that sort of that branch of infection going. So it's I think it's so important that we keep um, checking in. We keep, you know, you need to have Bluetooth on and the whole way that the Android and Apple ecosystem support, that's incredible with the, the moving keys and that sort of thing because there is that issue that if you had some sort of unique identifier on your phone that you could somehow work out that, oh, Nate's back at the mall or he's doing whatever or whatever. And so the fact that there is these sliding keys and, and you can, the app can work out who's been in proximity. It's not a replacement for the codes, um, but it is just another tool that we can use. And yeah, so you want to be using both, right? Yeah, 100%, yeah. you do. And, um, and that's really cool about this, the source code. Do you know anyone that's had a look? I've had a quick squeeze through, and, I, and if I'll be honest with you, it's it's well above my, and we're not mobile developers, so we're already at a disadvantage, but seeing how it all works and how they've used, because you know one of the complaints when the app first came out is, well, why aren't they using some of the New Zealand cloud services? And it's Amazon's got such a, a variety of different things that you can, in essence, click open use yeah. straight out of the box. Yeah, it's just so quick, right? And it's so really quick. and and you know the, the nearest point of presence is Sydney, and, and anyone that's run any sort of services or you know the, the latency between Auckland and Sydney, all the rest of the country actually is so low. It's it's pretty much here. Oh yeah. Um, I, I do wonder why the government hasn't said that. You know, even you know you're going to no 
rolling and, and, and when you finish a transaction they go have you checked in you know it's not enforced but it's just that every business as you have a customer comes in you just have to say hey just a reminder make sure and I think if people were prompted in that sort of way because often you you know uh, my wife and I were at St Luke's the other day and, and I saw the QR code and I was like oh I need to do it and it was it's just a you sometimes forget too because you know we're not all masked up There's the COVID thing is in the world but it's not here you, you just sort of get happy in what you're doing you don't really think about it so I think the technology is there we should be using it and, and just get businesses it's good that the businesses every business is enforced to have a QR code I know when I turned up today you guys have a QR code on the door because you have to but just if businesses prompted people I think would help get those check-ins back up and we're going to have to made that this. process a lot easier for businesses to yeah. get set up uh, you know initially they you know the the hoops to jump through were you know un- unnecessarily you know, annoying. Put yep. it that way. Um, so yeah, it's good. No, look, I'm on the I'm on the same page with with you on that stuff. I encourage people to use it. I don't think we need to be you know freaked out from a uh, privacy perspective because you know, look, you're not the only one. You know, a lot of people will have had, or a few people will have had a good you know duck and dive around that code. And we, I would have expected to hear by now if people were were really you know concerned about that. Uh, and f- you know, from what we expect with the, and what we've been told around the nature of of the app, um, you know, it is really good and 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 safe. And look, it's optional for you to go and fill out all the extra data. Now, initially, that did put me off a bit. Was just, hey, why are they asking for all sorts of, you know, all sorts of stuff that they didn't actually necessarily need? What's your, you know, your national health ID and you know bits and pieces if you've got it. I can't remember if that was in there, but I have a have a feeling it was. You know, there were a whole bunch of things. But that's quite light, and you can actually use it now without, give, mm. you know, giving. I don't think you probably even get away without giving them your name, right? Yeah, or, I'm pretty sure that. Yeah, very, very I light. think the very first version, um, you had to go through a proper sign-up process and yeah. everything. But I'm, I'm pretty sure the current version, you don't actually need to do any of that. Yeah, because so. it, it really is irrelevant who you are. It's, it's if there is an outbreak that we can then communicate, and then the app pops up saying, you know, then I think you should. Be yeah, I think you know people, people are concerned about all their location being tracked and all these other bits and pieces, and and that's not what the app, you know, what the app is about at all yeah. uh, you know and in fact it's got all these privacy controls which which means actually they you know they don't uh, they don't have that so um, and if you I look at if you look relaxed. at the countries that have done really well as part of the the pandemic look at someone like Taiwan where their their actual app was forced on the phones and so they've done and they've done very very well and, and they've got that history of you know SARS and all the other all the other pandemics that they've already been through so they've done done really well and forced it. and I think we're quite lucky as Kiwis we've got that thing is once we've been persuaded that there is a good thing we, the compliance is pretty high and, and we've also got that whole thing of you know if something happens I'll put some pressure on you Paul and be like hey I really think you should install the app and you're like okay I should and I think there's a the very trusting compliance thing that we enjoy as maybe a smaller society that that's why the app potentially has done so 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 well here mm. well uh, I think that the compliance or the, the the use of it is is way down mm. and in order to get that back up there needs to be a you know a bit Another of a push point. so hopefully hopefully that happens one thing that I did find was incredibly Kiwi was the fact that rhythm and vines you know Ashley Bluefield record I'm not sure if you saw it he recorded this video that they then remixed to dance music and, and played at rhythm and vines 
I was like, there is nowhere else in the world that would have their, their director of health record something, remix it, and play it at a dance festival. That's another reason why I think this country is amazing. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are uh, uh, probably somewhat sky high. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll leave that uh, discussion. Um, Starlink is now, I've heard, definitely operational in New Zealand. This is SpaceX's uh, uh, satellites that are able to provide internet service uh, into varying locations around the world, and that has has started. Um, I'm working on getting a little bit more sort of insight on uh, on what that looks like from uh, somebody who is uh, is using that. How the so, heck did they get it here? I thought so, it was still in a, a test mode in the US. Well, it's it's in test, but there are certain you know places around the world, and New Zealand is one of the locations where there is a, a sort of a base station oh, okay. um, for it in uh, in Southland, I, I believe, if I recall correctly from when we we, we talked Very about cool. that last year. Um, so um, yes, yeah, so I'm I'm working on that one. Um, also on the the New Zealand um, front. Uh, we have, of course, had our, our New Year's uh, honours announced, and um, Ian Taylor uh, from Animation uh, Research, um, who certainly I think uh, you know qualifies as, as a as a tech entrepreneur. I mean, he's done he's done a, a lot of different things, but you know, an incredibly innovative um, you know Kiwi, and you know what he's brought to uh, to, to sport with the sort of you know the the 3D um, and and sort of you know augmented viewing that we get on things like the America's Cup and so on that that turned that from just looking at some yachts that mean nothing to where you've got this you know incredible uh, representation we you know you totally understand what's uh, what's going on um, and and what they've done with it you know a whole lot of other um, sports incredible but yeah really pleasing to uh, to hear that he has been knighted so um, congratulations to Ian Taylor yeah the technology um, that they run is just because they they were the ones running the was it the Golf, the US Open, or something where they were. I remember seeing on the news they were running, like they were all up in the middle of the night, obviously with the US time zone difference, yeah, and, yeah. and running all the. Like the 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 feed was coming down from the US, they were dropping their graphics on top and then sending it back. I was just like, this, what an amazing world that we have the bandwidth to get that to here, yes, and back again in a time that the latency doesn't, you know, it's not so bad that people watching the coverage are like, oh, this is a bit delayed. That yeah, they can add yeah. all that extra stuff out of Dunedin of all places. Yeah, it's brilliant, Very isn't cool. it? Very it's brilliant. Cool. Yeah, and and look, you know, that's that's the thing. That's you know, innovation. You know, happens all over the place, and you know, I think you know, part, partly, um, uh, you know, Ian Taylor sort of, you know, very interesting background in terms of you know, TV presenter and the different things that he was sort of, you know, exposed to that, um, you know, landed him in in a position where you know, he's been able to, uh, you know, lead lead so many incredible things. So, um, yeah, very very cool. All right. Um, now that's we're, we're probably running running a bit out of time for uh, for today there's lots more we can sort of delve into um, we will in weeks ahead dive a little bit more into some of this sort of autonomous uh, technology that's made some steps forward in terms of um, news and announcements and uh, in recent uh, weeks with what um, uh, is happening around uh, Amazon's uh, Zooks Robo uh, taxi or ride hailing service uh, in the US um, also delving into some 
robot deliveries that are uh, that are happening in uh, in Silicon uh, Valley. So we'll come come back to that. Um, and another topic which we'll get a chance to delve into next week when Peter Griffin uh, is is on the show um, is what's been happening with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies because they've just been going through the roof. And we've we've talked about uh, crypto and Bitcoin, I guess over you know over a period of years, and I know you know some of our listeners have you know delved in and and you know joined up to varying services or you know bought crypto in one one way or another, um, and will have done very very well uh, in recent weeks in particular because um, you know those uh, cryptocurrency assets have really been uh, been flying in recent weeks, and I re- remember. Um, I was uh, talking talking to somebody I, I know who's 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 done uh, you know re- reasonably well in the um, you know software field in in, in New Zealand and uh, you know they have all their managed investments and I was we are, we're having this bit about a, a chat about uh, uh, Bitcoin and, and and crypto and the rise that it was seeing this was probably around you know, November timeframe um, but looking even just since sort of you know, yeah November through to now period of. Yeah, less, less less than eight weeks anyway. That chat was and um, Bitcoin and other crypto assets, um, you know, have have probably more than more than doubled in that time. So, you know, look, looking today, I think uh, you know Bitcoin sitting around fifty thousand uh, New Zealand dollars. And you know, this was this was something that you know anybody that was uh, you know putting putting aside, uh, you know. A little bit each week into uh, into Bitcoin, and as uh, you know, amassed even even a fraction of a of a Bitcoin will have you know doesn't really matter how much you put in. Uh, well, it, it it does if you're wanting something out the other side, but uh, whatever you put in will have uh, gone up rather rather substantially. So uh, yeah, funny we'd um, been in super early, Paul. We would. Uh You'd be absolutely home host. Yes, well, there are there are some people that have have done you know incredibly incredibly well off these things. But I, I want to delve into you know, a little bit, and we'll probably ha- um, bring in uh, Darcy uh, Ungaro from uh, New Zealand Everyday Investor Podcast as well for a, for a chat soon. Um, I heard him on one of the New Zealand Herald uh, podcasts uh, towards the end of last year, and you know he was being interviewed a, a, around uh, Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency and the. Um, the interviewer, uh, you know, Francis Cook, was sort of, you know, a bit sort of ho hum about, uh, you know, about whether appropriate to invest in these things. But um, yeah, fascinating to hear, hear um, you know, Darcy's viewpoint as a um, registered or authorized uh, financial advisor. Um, you know that he's been living and breathing this stuff for you know for quite some time, and you know personally investing and also you know helping his customers with strategies around that um, stuff. So. I'm I'm keen to delve in a little bit more, and uh, you know, get a bit more of a picture. As you know, even though the the numbers are really high at the moment, is there you know potentially a long way you know uh, further to go for them? And um, yeah, uh, it will be it'll be interesting to uh, to get some thoughts on that anyway. So we will we will come back to um, those those discussions. Um, another one there that I was talking about on News Talk ZB this morning was uh, nomophobia. Um, and uh, you know, people uh, basically um, getting getting into a position where they're they're so addicted to their um, smartphones uh, that um, really they they struggle if they have no mobile with them. 
um, and it was quite interesting sort of delving, oh delving into into that and and why people when they're driving uh, insist on picking up picking up you know their phone and using their phone while they're driving. And we've all known for a number of years it's not a it's not really a sort of a safe thing to do. Um, yet it's uh, I think the, the the stat I read something like thirty six percent of uh, of people still do that. Hmm. I don't know about you, but I, not that, that sort of level of phobia, but I, a, a friend of ours uh, was overseas, back when you could travel, was overseas and broke his phone. And just the horror story of not having basic things like Uber to get back from the hotel back to the airport, your your plane ticket on your phone, like all sorts of things. So you can understand why people got that phobia, so right? I, maybe this is phone. a level that I've got. So I now, because of this horror story that you told me, I if I'm going overseas, well, when I used to go overseas, I would travel with two phones because I'm so petrified that if I dropped, you know, you're talking to someone, you accidentally drop it, smash it on the concrete, that if you're so far away from home, you need to have a phone because so much of the stuff that you're doing while you're traveling is on your phone. That you're doing, yeah, you're doing your payments. You got, I mean, just so much is there, right? That's yeah. how you communicate. It's how you're entertained. Yeah. It's how you do your payments, how you wake up in the morning. Yeah, cl- I mean, clock, it's, it's, it's just it's insane how much we how rely much on these devices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Excellent. Oh, well, it's uh, it's great great to catch up, Nate. Um, I hope it's me. a great great year for, for you and the team at uh, 3Bit. Uh, we will have a lot of interesting content coming up on the New Zealand Tech Podcast uh, this year. We're going to get into a lot more uh, interviews, so talking to founders and startups and, and hearing their stories. Um, we will be sort of talking tech news as well. We'll be you know fitting those in, um, but our format will be a little bit different for uh, for 2021. And we we very soon will be hitting our uh, our tenth anniversary of the oh, New Zealand wow. Tech Podcast. So you know, with that, um, you know, we really want to push ahead uh, with that change to hear a, a lot more of those uh, those stories of inside New Zealand's uh, most innovative and, and interesting uh, tech firms. So um, thanks everybody for. Uh, joining us here on the New Zealand Tech Podcast uh, whether you're listening through your podcast app or uh, watching uh, on our on our live streams which we are tending to do uh, through LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, possibly YouTube as well. So um, those are the channels to uh, to look out uh, if you're wanting to to catch the live streams as they happen. Um, but otherwise, any, any podcast app, um, Pocket Cast is the one I uh, recommend. If you're if you're watching this on video, I'm wondering about the uh, an audio app. Um, but of course, um, Apple phones come with Apple Podcasts. Google uh, Android phones come with Google Podcasts. Um, so you've got those built-in options, and of course the ever-popular uh, Spotify. So yeah, plenty of plenty of choices for uh, subscribing and listening in, and it's all free. All right, well, uh, thank you, Nate, um, thank and you um, yeah, big thank you to our show partners, um, of course, to Sumo Logic, Vodafone, Spark, Vocus, HP, Gorilla Technology, and Umbrella Connect. And uh, we'll catch you all again next week. Uh, we expect to be uh, streaming, I think, on uh, on Tuesday after afternoon. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to having Peter Griffin on the show. All right, cheers. New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community. Proudly supported by Umbrella Connect.